from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey now. <sighs> Episode 126 of Masonic Lake Podcast. Six, wait, six. Wait, wait, wait. Seven, Recount. Seven, one Recount. Seven. Episode 127. No, 127. 127. 100.27. 1.27. Larry, 153. you got nothing. Larry, <laughs> go, back, go back to sleep, Larry. Never mind. Snooze. Snooze. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, everybody. Um, we are going to have a good show tonight. Yes, we are. Uh, whenever Larry wakes up. What are you writing on? Some old Bible. 200 years old, they said. There's uh, these are notices that you would mail 200 years ago to. Uh... Am I going to have to kill him? Yes. What are you writing on? Pete gave it to me. I don't. Know. I, I'm not. I'm not Ephraim defacing it. 665. Circa 1943. Yeah, give me that. This is ancient history. What is it? Why in the world? We extend an invitation to you to attend a stated. <laughs> oh, this is it. Wow. What year? There's a box of a thousand of them. They're not worth anything. 1950. <laughs> Come on. Well, they were very optimistic. Raise your hand, other than Larry, raise your hand if you were born before 1950. They were very optimistic. There's a thousand of them. Wow. That didn't join. That's why we haven't used them all. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Lake Podcast. We're going to get back on the rails now. Uh, tonight, we're going to have a wonderful guest, uh, Brother Willie Reed. Um, we knew Willie from before he was a Mason, um, because he is a, his business is kind of unique. He was in the, uh, he is a, runs, what he, would you call someone that runs a meadery? Does that have a, a title? Me- is he a meadist? We're wizards. <laughs> is that like a butcher? A meadery? <laughs> well, it, it Alrighty is, then. It, it is You'll red, do fine, Willie. that one. <laughs> it, it, it is We're Renfair season. Fun night. Yes. Not, right. not that kind of wizard, though. <laughs> All right, so what we do right here, Willie, um, we, first we go around and we ask everybody what they've been up to, and nobody really cares, but we keep doing it anyway. So, shtick, shtick. You got to do shtick. Tim, shtick. what have you been up to Masonically? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Uh, so since our last – it's actually been three weeks since we recorded last. That's so, true. Um, we've, I began the uh, three-week uh, hiatus. Uh, by uh, participating in Eureka West Shore Lodge's uh, number 302's banquet, 165 years. Mm. <laughs> I know. Um, Lima beans. Yes. No, we had – actually, it was really good. It was roast beef and something else, and it was at the Susquehanna Club. It's always about the food. I know. It's always about the food. But we had – actually, we had like 18 widows that were present, which was really good. We were, we, no, seriously, it was, that was a great turnout. Uber Grotto celebrated its 10 year anniversary. Huzzah! And, and 
I'm just going to leave that right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of us was not there. It yeah. was a good event. It was a very good until event. Until the incident. Until the incident. You know, you're moving on. I was going to talk about this when oh, okay. it came to me. All right, well, we'll just, okay. well, I'll leave you the fun. It's the then. only Jeez. thing, Larry. Breakfast okay. and Ubar. Okay. Those are Larry's thing. Um, I also attended the uh, Robert Burns uh, banquet. I believe that was their 150th anniversary banquet. Um, fantastic. Uh, got a special bottle of bourbon um, that shall go unnamed uh, at that banquet. Um, have unfortunately participated in several funerals since uh, we were on the air last. The District 3 Low Vale. Uh, which was a real fun event um, out down in Newville, uh, sponsored by Orristown Lodge. We really appreciate them doing that. Lucius Akeritas AMD Council, um, fantastic meeting. Uh, so again, just chock full of Excitement. Masonics, exciting Masonic <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, and um, you'll hear a little bit about this later on the news. Been doing a whole lot of. Uh, Trying to help uh, secretaries and treasurers cope with a new system. A new system. Let's just leave that there. Uh, Brother Jack. That's it. Brother Jack, what's up? Um, I'm trying to. Did we record since uh, Lodge in the Woods? No. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes we did. No. Yes. No. 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 Yes. We did. No. We did because I remember talking about Is it. Is the cat after. alive or dead? I don't know. We talked about um, it in our last episode. Yeah, okay. we did. So never mind. There is no cat. There is no cat. <laughs> It, we we uh, just had a state of meeting last night. It was very nice. Uh, poorly attended. I'm a little uh, disturbed by that. Uh, we, usually at Effort Lodge, we have a pretty good turnout, but I'm not sure whether it is, I don't know, 10 continuous days of gray skies that just bummed everybody out and nobody left their homes or or what. But Probably the uh, Effort Affair residual. Uh, it could be. There's yeah. We haven't scraped all the grime off the street yet. Are all are all the cornies accounted for? Are they gone? No, they're they're buried in a small, shallow grave out west. But of I think town. that attendance thing is something that we're going to deal with for a while. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's uh, people get out of the habit. Yeah. PC uh, post COVID. Yeah, post COVID exactly. Or DC during COVID. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, um, the grotto event was fun. Uh, Larry will tell you more about that if he can remember. He left early. He did. He left early. Left early. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Leaving oh, early? Okay, Larry, you talk about it. You yeah. do it. You do it. Do it. Do it. Um, yeah, so anyway. So, Willie, what have you been up to, Masonically speaking? Writing checks. Writing checks. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping necks and cashing checks. No. Um go. So you said earlier you're unfortunately on a building committee? Hall Association. Hall Association. Oh, they sound fun. It's fun. We get to pay taxes and rent and bills and, you know, all that stuff and make reports and that kind of thing. My my son calls that adulting. Yeah. 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 It's not too bad. We have a lot of it set up on, like, an auto pay now, so I just check, make sure things are – are going smoothly, so it's Thanks. even easier. And what was that account number again? It's <laughs> one. <laughs> one eight hundred call there. Two. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, our lodge is actually having a cool uh, raffle. 
that's going on right now. So they're selling mm-hmm. raffle tickets. So you, if you wanted to uh, get in on that, there's a lot of sweet prizes and things too. So, but see anybody from Mannheim Lodge 587 or talk to your brothers about that, and they can hook well, you tell up. Tell us with what something. you're giving away. Uh, promote, promote. Yeah. Let me a Furby. See if they're giving I have away the an original list. Furby. An original Furby. T Y B baby. <laughs> Let me see. A brick of Velveeta from 72. So we're giving away cash. Ooh, I like that. Cash. Ooh, even better. And more cash. Nice. Those oh, are yeah, very nice. Those are exciting yes. prizes. Those are exciting prizes, yeah. <laughs> what do we have for the witnesses, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, so it's a 28-day 10K cash giveaway. Yeah, pretty awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's this is just wow, Larry. What are you up to? What have you been up to besides uh, passing a indistinct Art, brown artifice. jug? Mead, okay, <laughs> that's beer. What have I been up to? I attended the grotto meeting, tenth anniversary at John Wright. I plug him, John Wright Restaurant, great mm-hmm. place. And left early. And uh, it was it was good. I sat with Brian Hill and Tom LeBar. We had a great dinner together. But unfortunately, I had to leave at 2 o'clock to attend a uh, soccer game in Berks County up in Reading. You didn't win the raffle, by the way. No, I didn't win the raffle. I gave you my ticket. You did. Anyway, uh, I understand that I left with all... Prior to uh, all the festivities taking place. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Yeah. We're not going to go. No, no. Oh, no. which, which, oh, what, oh, the real festivities. It was the a good, real festivity. Yes. It was a 10 year celebration. Well, and Seth did a good job. Seth he did um, a great yes. job. He really Seth did. Seth did limericks. Yes. Every one of the grand, every one of the past yes. monarchs. Yeah. He did yeah. 10 sets of limericks for all See, the See, I wish I would have been there for that. Well, that is true. We, we had an initiation of a distinguished. Yes, and, and we initiated who? The Grandmaster. Ta-da. Pennsylvania. Yes, right worshipful grandmaster. The right worshipful grandmaster, Thomas Gavin. Who has a bourbon named after him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he yes. Does. And, and a game with dice and pieces yeah. that move around. Yeah. yeah. It was. So that was, that was one. So yep. that was good. Mm-hmm. Took a minute to uh, get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah back and and uh, Tall Cedars uh, that following Tuesday. Uh, a good event. Nice event, actually. And our stated meeting at Lamberton Lodge. Uh, the following Tuesday, so we've been busy, to say the yeah. least. How's that merger stuff going? Actually, we passed two very important things: uh, the terms of agreement mm-hmm. or for the merger and the uh, bylaws. So, interesting. We're, we're moving along. Okay. Yes, we're not going to count any chickens before they're hatched, but right. it's looking positive. Good. That's correct. Good. Good deal. <clears throat> so, for for me, Masonically, you know, I was at Tall Cedars, I was at Grotto, like they said. But I've really been busting my butt because this coming weekend, it'll be passed by the time you guys listen to it, is my uh, the Pennsylvania Grotto Association. And I have four days left as president of this esteemed organization. Nothing you're counting. And just trying to get everything ready. It really is a... I guess if I was able to delegate things, maybe this is my problem when I was master too. I was not good at delegating. So I'm just doing it all myself. So the past three days I've been buying beer, liquor, food, having games. So my wife has a uh, Prius that has a huge, you know, 
huge back when you put the seats down. Mm. And I've pretty much got this whole thing filled with crap to bring to uh, – and I'm so excited because I'm going to pawn all of the crap off on Ron Davidson from uh, Islam Grotto in Pittsburgh because he's in charge next year. Nice. So he can have – the five cases of liquor that never get drunk and keep getting passed on from master to man or, you know, president to president. There's stuff like cream de menthe from with a night <laughs> with a 1972 pen, you know, it's vintage s- now sticker vintage. on them. Yeah. Remember when the liquor store had yeah. stickers? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Brother cool. Josh. Josh. Yeah. Can I say one thing? No, no. Josh is really good at delegating. Just so you know. I've delegated everything yes, this last year. <laughs> You've been a master. Um, a worshipful master. So uh, so we had stated meeting, as Larry said. Uh, I had a couple district deputy visitations that I, that I attended. Um, let's see, what else was there? <sighs> we had degrees. Uh, we did a uh, first degree. We did uh, a second degree. Um, second degree we did over at uh, Columbia Lodge. And uh, Jerry Fretwell from uh, Abraham C. Tricler, he conferred the degree for us, so that worked out. And uh, other than so, the that, Lancaster Lodge, yeah, went to Columbia to actually have, Wrightsville. Uh, we actually Elizabeth went to Town. we, uh, yeah. we went to the, the Columbia border. Lodge that meets in Wrightsville to have the Elizabethtown guy do. Okay, never mind. So I, I wonder this. why we're merging. I got this. <laughs> yeah, in so so we did that. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep it all All straight. right, well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk to our guest, Brother Willie Reed. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Since we're back from being already back, are we back? We're, we're back. back. We're back. And we're back. We're back with Willie Reed. And Willie uh, came to us uh, a long time ago, actually before he was made a Mason, uh, because he was starting a business that we all thought was just awesome. And um, Willie, why don't you tell us about uh, how you how you came across the us old business and, and the first business that became a second business that's now sure like an empire so thank you well thanks for having me on i, I appreciate it um so meduseld meadery is the first business in lancaster we do mead and axe throwing it's modeled after a viking mead hall as much as possible 
uh, swords, shields, axes, and stuff on the walls. Game heavy, of Thrones. Heavy metal music. Yeah. Game of Thrones. People love it. Um, Thor yeah. Odinson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, you guys are aware there was this huge Viking surge in the last few years of popularity. Um, it's pretty crazy. And all that kind of coincided with the start of this business. And it's There's really Congratulations on having that whole Viking surge made just for you at times i don't know how it happened everything changed (laughs) do we have to wear an eye patch and have a crow on our shoulder when we walk in that's a pirate that's it's (laughs) that's odin it's a little older than pirates larry you don't have to but it's definitely suggested it could work for you if you go there you could work it it's a very cool ambiance it's a very warm kind of place it's very woody so yeah that whole viking Hall thing would be so. Give us this. Give us the short story on Mead. So if you can con- condense it to a, like a short wiki. Mead one hundred and one. Yeah, Mead, Mead one hundred and one is. It's the oldest alcoholic beverage known to man that we know of, based on pottery analysis in graves. Uh, it's made from honey. It's fermented honey, so you have to steal the honey from the bees first. Damn bees! Yeah, and not get killed by their. Not stains. get killed. Yeah. And then you mix that with water, allow that to ferment, and that's mead. Huh. From there, you can flavor it with all sorts of stuff. You can mix it with fruits. You can steep herbs and things in it. A lot of different cultures made it their own uh, thing. They have different names for it based on where they are in the world. And so they put different ingredients in it, of course. Is, is there a best seller that you have or like a signature mead that you – we have several. Um, Red Keep is probably our most popular mead. It's a cherry, blackberry, and apple mead. It's really delicious. Yeah. How, mu- how, mu- how much of a flavor of the flavorings is what you get versus how much of it is the mead itself? Right? So it depends on what you're going for. Sometimes you can use the honey as the source of the alcohol. So in other words, it all gets fermented out to completion. It's dry. It's now an alcoholic solution. And then you would just add flavors to it because those are the flavors you want to taste. Um, In that way, it's sort of like a seltzer. But if you want a honey-focused or or more of a honey-balanced mead or the presence of that honey, then you usually use a nice characterful honey like buckwheat or orange blossom there's like 300 different varieties of honey around the world. And you do you have sources for all this that you work with? I mean, it must take an immense amount of honey to make any sort of quantity of meat. Right? It really does. It's it's interesting when you think about the math involved and every bee collects about 1/12th of a teaspoon of honey in its life cycle. 1/12th of a teaspoon in its life. Yeah. Wow. And then there's eight. I really hope they were wasps that I killed yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are. Uh, I I also have a thing about wasps too, but yeah, there's in a gallon of honey there's almost 800 teaspoons. So we use wow. anywhere from five to. Five-gallon pails, so we we have several five-gallon pails now that go into our larger batches since we've scaled up production with the the second business, and it's it's pretty crazy. I'm sorry. They said there would be no math. 
I can't. I know. I'm trying to yeah. think how many bees that is. That's that, I was where I was trying to get, and I couldn't get That's the denominator was per. And if you yeah. multiply that times six, you have bees' knees. Oh. <laughs> I heard that a bee's life cycle is they collect a lot of honey, and then they mate, and then they die. So it's honey nut Cheerio. Hey! Ah, right. Da, da, da. Sorry. Go ahead, Larry. You were beginning to ask something. Have you forgot? Have you lost that thought? Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> okay. So, um, so one of the most interesting things, and it was right before. It was kind of right before COVID. So we kind of like I don't know. Any all the energy we had to go kind of got knocked out of us. You started doing axe throwing. So you were the first person in the area. So tell us a little bit about that, and um, was there any objections by the local constabulary, <laughs> health department? What could go wrong? <laughs> so like a, event. a little bit of the backstory on that is there was a an insurance company that shared the first floor, <laughs> and when they left the space, we had the choice to like take over the rest of the first floor, and so we did. And suddenly we had all this square footage, and we couldn't fill it with enough furniture and everything to take advantage of it because we only had two single occupancy bathrooms. It's a, a whole code thing. So our max occupancy couldn't exceed like 80 people, but yet we had enough for like 145 people. So I said, well, what are we going to do in here? You know, we have all this extra space. Let's think of like some tavern games or pub games or something that will really fit and darts just didn't really cut it and that's, that's too english it's, it's a little too english yeah so i started googling around and i saw axe throwing and i was like instantly i knew that was it <laughs> <laughs> instantly no in your heart so my partners including my wife she was like you're insane <laughs> we're not going to serve people meat and then have them throw axes um, luckily, we didn't have to like chart this territory ourselves or reinvent the wheel. Like there had been other places in Philly that had axe throwing businesses. So we hopped on a train, a bunch of a couple of our regulars, uh, me and my brother-in-law, and we shot down to mm-hmm. Philly um, before we had our appointment to throw axes. We had stopped at Urban Village. Really cool brewery, had some food, had some beers, had some more beer, had some more beer. So we were pretty tuned up by the time we got to throw axes. And it wasn't a problem. They had a safety monitor. You know, he was fun. He coached us how to throw. We had a good time. Everything was safe. And I was like, okay, we can do this. You know, we can do this. So started researching it. And like about two weeks later, we were building our range. Uh, the oh, funny oh. thing about it was our, our insurance company was like, uh, <laughs> we don't know what to do to cover you guys. So I guess it's like darts and there's no really additional premium. Big darts. That's yeah. All, yeah. So they said, you I have mean, I've, I've had stuff. a dart hit me walking past. Because like at, a, yeah, at yeah. Quips, I've walked past and got hit by somebody's dart. But you can't walk past and get hit by the axe because of your safety protocols. Right. right. Yeah, it's all fenced in and caged up and, 
Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the face of the code enforcement officer when he's <laughs> trying to, like, oh boy. looking through the book, yeah. like, where, where is this? Where, where's I can't, that on the list? Uh, that's not, yeah. Well, that's exactly what was going on. Uh, the Lancaster City was, like, um, scratching their head, just like, we don't know how to categorize this. The PLCB was also doing the same thing. We're like, well, this isn't like a Games of Chance or anything like that. We don't quite know what to do. And I was like, well, okay. You know, it sounds like we can do it then. And they're like, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and, Love it. Yeah. When the system works, yeah. it works. Oh, and you'll probably know the name of this place. I totally forgot because I saw Artie Lang a couple years ago in Harrisburg. And there was a bar around the corner that they had two, they had two rooms you could go in. And it was like the diametrically opposed political people at the time. So there was a big portrait of Trump on one side and a, one of uh, a caricature of Nancy Pelosi on the other side. And when you got done drinking your bottle of beer, you walked in there and you put on your safety glasses and you got to break your bottle of beer on whatever politician you don't like. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Okay. So like maybe that if you, if you have any extra square footage, we could work on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually had a lot of people ask us, can I put like a picture of my ex up there? <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no, no. Yeah. Not officially. So Not when, the, when the news came out um, on Lancaster Online, every comment was like, Never read the comments. and axes. What could possibly go wrong? What could po- it was just endless. So, but any yeah. any injuries? Yes, we have had some injuries. <laughs> uh, one He's of our ex coaches is missing those. a leg Ooh. from a totally unrelated thing. <laughs> we always mess with people and say, "Hey, if you don't pay attention, this, you know," and like point at him, you know. That's fine. But um, we have had some splinters. Before, so the, yeah, it comes from the wood, not the axe. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. All right. People will get a little bit too rambunctious, like trying to grab the axe and like pull it out of the target, and sometimes they like reach into the splintered wood mm. and like get a couple splinters on their hand. But yeah, crazy talk. Yeah, nothing exciting though. So we were just talking before the show started that the axe throwing really now is the uh, is the new bowling. Right. It's, Absolutely. All these places are popping up. There's all these axe throwing ranges and, and things are going. And, and leagues. And, and, and leagues. Well, you got in ahead yeah. of the curve. And you don't have to wear those shoes. And so, oh, We talked about shoes. What, what's the scoop yeah. on shoes? We also yeah. talked before the show oh, for God's sake. about the fact that we wished we could have been there tonight yeah. and videoing this. Drinking meat and throwing axes. I think we'll have to do that. Maybe We're we can. Have to do that. We'll Maybe record. We'll record the Moyer show from down there. That's <laughs> sometimes those are things you don't want to be recorded there for posterity. So okay, Willie, um, I have a degree in occupational safety and industrial hygiene management, and my recommendation would be that you should at least have safety glasses and closed-toe shoes. And you were mentioning something about the shoes. So if I walked in in my 1987 Teva sandals with socks on, like Larry. What would you have me do? We would have you put on the Crocs of shame. (laughs) (laughs) Or or borrow your friend's shoes if you had a friend. Tell us about the Crocs of shame. They're size 15, uh, 
worn out, nasty Crocs that look like they've been walked in cross country and back. Nice. Um, and people choose to put them on or not throw. So that's their option, basically. Like find some closed toed shoes or wear the Crocs of shame. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Willie about more of this junk and his new business, which is beer. More booze. More booze. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back with our special guest, Willie Reed. And Willie, you're you're also you expanded from the meadery in downtown Lancaster into Mannheim, Pennsylvania, and you opened up a great artifice and mead uh, uh, oh, pub yeah. in, in Mannheim. <laughs> Tell us about that. The beer is exceptionally good. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Not that we would know. <laughs> right. Yes. We're going to try it later. We're seeing the bottle right Yes. Now. Yeah, so Artifice Sales and Mead. So it's sort of like um, the concept of the meadery is like 10th century Britain, you know, where there's a lot of – it's an old English word. Meduseld, it means mead hall in, in old English. And so this was bringing the concept of the Mead Hall into the future with Artifice. So it's, it's still about hospitality and alcohol and good food and the evolution of what a Mead Hall is now into the pub. Where are you located in Mannheim? We're right on Main Street, just north of the square. Okay, kind of like where Joe Boys used to be? So Joe Boys is just south of the square. Okay, um, yeah. 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 It's but it's uh equidistant just in the reverse direction. If you're going north, it's on the right-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> we have parking, lots of free parking right next to Mill 72 and the Prussian Street Arcade. And if you wanted some uh Intermezzo by Stephanie chocolates, you can get that at the Prussian Street Arcade. Very nice. the street from St. Paul's. Right? That's right. That's right. So tell us a little more about, like, because on the beer side, you've gotten into the, I mean, the beer thing exploded about 10 years ago, the microbrew thing. And I've seen a bunch come and go, and I've seen some succeed. Like in, the, in Lancaster City, Springhouse just keeps 
adding new locations. Right. So, um, you know, what are some of the challenges with, you know, going into the beer business today? Some of the challenges are being realistic about where you fit in the market. And so that positions you to size your brewery to the right, correct size so that you can support your operation. If you try to buy too much equipment and oversize your stuff trying to break into distribution models, you have a long road to hoe trying to get there. So like knowing what your niche is and and filling that niche is the key right now. So So you're basically brewing what you can sell on hand or to go. Correct, yeah. In in growlers or whatever. Right. So you had a pretty dense population in Lancaster City of people that were young and active and drinking something that might be unusual. When I think of Mannheim, that's not what I think of. No, I, you know, I'm not even going to go there, but. But it's a different crowd. Are you seeing a different vibe at um, at the new place? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm learning a lot about who our client base is and and what they want mm-hmm. from us. Uh, and we did a little bit of polling before we opened, and people really want variety, and that's pretty safe to bet on across most markets. You offer variety in something unusual or different, you're going to have people coming back to try what you have uh, time and time again, especially you keep shaking it up and changing things. I remember when you first started with the meadery, it had – every time I went in, it was – you had a different selection of, of meads. Have you settled on – we talked about that Red first Keep. One was, it was Red like, Keep was a big one. I remember that was was on maybe both – the both times I was there. What else is is there in that kind of thing that draws people in? What what kind of flavors are they? Really what people are coming for is a, the total experience. It's the experience, not the yeah. yeah. Not the, not it's the, not a not, the, not necessarily a product right. or the axe throwing, but it's the total package. Nice. Uh, the atmosphere of the place is just totally relaxed. Um the music that we play adds to the ambiance because it's... Swedish death metal? Uh, we do have a lot of death metal. Okay. We have metal in general that really fits the vibe, um, as well as classic old school metal. Bauhaus. Like Iron Maiden, yeah. you know, Zeppelin, that kind of thing. Black Sabbath. Uh, and we, we play a, a lot of Irish and Celtic music, too, because that also fits the, the vibe, too. In, so, both, in both places or one or the other? We haven't they... actually really settled on a music style or genre yet for Artifice. We're still okay. kind of feeling that how, out. How long are, into that are you? It's what? We're open years? five months now. Five months. Oh, yeah. So we're really just started. Yeah. Yeah. And coming right out of COVID, that had to be a little scary. daring, scary. It was interesting um, because – so we had signed our lease on the property April 1st of 2020 – thinking, ah, you know, we're two weeks into this lockdown and stuff. It's all going to blow over. No big deal. <laughs> so that didn't happen. But we we felt very strongly that the next move was to just double down, and we're going to dig our way out of this, and people will support us and we'll come out. Um, so far, that's holding true. But consumers' behavior has changed a lot over the last – how long has this been? Uh, like, Forever. Like a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So, so tell us about the difference in the customer behavior because um, part of me is like, you know, on the same time frame, I used to live in the city and I was single. And there was about a 10-year period where I was the Mayor the uh, I was the expert when it came to bars in the city of Lancaster. Well, I moved, I got married, and I moved to Mannheim Township, and I thought, oh, I'm going to miss the city. After like two weeks of not having my car broken into, <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't, and letting my, my dogs could run in the yard. I really kind of stopped being a regular at bars anymore. And I would imagine with COVID, with people being home, trying to bring, bring back that the regular. Yes, absolutely. So, so how yeah. do you bring back the regular to uh, – because that's where, you know, your money. That's where it comes from. Right. Um, and word of mouth spreading from people who will frequent semi-regularly and then they tell their friends or bring their friends with them and that kind of thing. But our regulars, I really have to give it to them with, with the metery, especially. Uh, they're several times a week coming in and supporting us and spending what you know disposable income that they, they may have. And some of, some of our folks are elderly that are on fixed incomes, and they still come and hang out, throw axes. They're in our leagues. You know, we have an axe-throwing league now that's grown to 25 people. That meets on Monday night, which is pretty amazing. So, and it's without those guys being there week in, week out, it wouldn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, but to get back to the original question of consumer behavior, um, it is a matter of habit. Like you said, you you dropped out of the habit of repeating that behavior over and over, and so now your behavior's changed. With COVID and the shutdowns, people's behavior had to change. So now their spending habits are different. A lot of these breweries and places made it so easy for us to get their stuff by ordering it online or ordering delivery or just going to a distributor. So that's what we're seeing is still kind of those types of things are still a popular way for people to get their alcohol. And so we're, we're going to be starting delivery soon. So hoping that people will deliver or – call and have us deliver stuff to them suds hub or what is that um... <laughs> that's an awesome name there we go. oh crap quick Look. quick google it, put it. go get it Ma- mail it to, mail it, it to yourself right. mail Cut it to it yourself so we have it on yeah suds hub is great that's fantastic yeah there's got to be something you know for right. the domain. there you go www godaddy something yeah check the godaddy domain yeah no, but um, we have the ability to to kind of self-distribute, and so we're going to service our community. That's what we're about anyway. We didn't want to have a brewery that grows to this large scale that is suddenly a regional influence or anything like that. Well, we we want to stick to our locals. There, I mean, there's some sort of like, and believe me, I'm not – so two of you are not from Lancaster originally, or three of you. Crap. So – there's a historical significance in Lancaster County of having breweries. Oh yeah. I mean, there like it's really weird if you look back like 150 years ago, you think of Lancaster County, everybody think everybody thinks of Amish and the country. But the city of Lancaster had I don't know how many 
breweries, distilleries, and licensed uh, whorehouses that mm. the community knew about. It was popularly no- known as the Munich of the New World. Yeah. That, that was a famous thing, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean that's really kind of cool that if you can bring that back to to Mannheim because I don't even know I don't know about Mannheim. I'm sure Mannheim had their own They did. Like, they had a I, number of small breweries yeah. that that were um very you even talk micro scale mm-hmm. operations. I mean, they were servicing their neighborhoods basically and then maybe trying to branch out into some small deliveries and stuff like that well back but, then yeah. and there wasn't really distribution i mean if you if you were going to have it you had to make it that, right that, that's where it, that's where it started and then they it, had pails uh, yeah. too that you could fill and walk back with a pail how far and, would i get with a pail of beer yeah. i can't even <laughs> i get home with a third of a pail of beer. i will not name the establishment <laughs> but prior to the microbrew phase thing where growlers became a known commodity mm-hmm. The pizza place in Millersville, which will remain nameless, <laughs> is a nice house on the hill. They had for a little while you could bring in there, you could get an empty milk gallon, a gallon of milk, plastic, and they would tap you like I don't know, like an old a gallon of old Milwaukee yeah. <laughs> for three bucks or something oh, back yeah. in the day, and it was a really good bargain. But I think they got shot down because, you know, the LCB wasn't aware of this whole growler business yet. Mm-hmm. And I guess some enterprising microbrewers said, no, this is okay. And now you can buy an alcoholic slushy at the convenience store and drive home. But yeah, that's different. Yeah. They'll put a sticker on it and that's legal. Please now. don't drive, drink and drive with us. Yeah. Follow yeah. the money. All right. It's let's, very strange. Let's so take a quick break. B- before, oh, we le- before we leave, why don't you tell us where, again, where you are, how they can get a hold Websites. of you, if they want to sign up for leagues, that kind of stuff, um, any of that kind of jazz you want to put out. Well, the meadery's on Harrisburg Pike in Mulberry, um, right down from FNM University. So we have free parking across the street. You, If you want to find us, social media is the best way. Our website isn't the greatest right now. <laughs> So, but if you look up mead and axe throwing in Lancaster, you'll find us for sure. And then Artifice, if you wanted to Google us, you will also find our listing there and our social media. Give us a follow and a like. Um, We'd really appreciate that. And we're working on a new website for Artifice. So, but it's artificeales.com is our website for for Artifice. You know, maybe we could figure out some way to have like a a listener appreciation night. Now we're not going to give you crap for free, but where we could all go and have like rent out Willie's place for an evening, or at least the axe throwing lanes. Um, Somebody should organize that. I may have some background there. You may have to delegate that to someone. Practice some delegation skills. We can live stream it, yeah, and have 165 people looking at it from Alabama to England. Right, a bunch of fat Freemasons throwing axes. Somebody to follow the ambulance, right? General. Back in the Viking days, we'd be the first ones to die on the battlefield. Forget about it. Been all over. One of Mannheim Lodge's uh, old worshipful masters, uh, Barry um, Thiel. Thiel, he organized a date night. 
And so we had a date night, and we gave discounts to our our brothers and their nice. their spouses nice. to come in. Shout yeah. out to Barry Thiel. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, brother Barry. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Quick now break. let's take a break. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hiram and Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiramandSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. In Masonic News Today, owing to the absence of a working computer system, the Grand Lodge of Outer Washington has decreed that all Masonic records are to be recorded with quill pen on sheepskin and stored in approved Tupperware containers. Any complaints about this new requirement are to be forwarded to the makers of LodgeView Masonic Software, LLC. Expect a response to your questions when enough people have requested it. That's the Masonic News. So much it was. And we're back. Uh, as we uh, come back, we want to say a special thank you to those of you who uh, support this podcast on an ongoing basis, our and, Patreon and, supporters. And how do they do that, Tim? Well, it's it's quite easy, Jack. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. podcast. Wow. And for as little as $1 a month. What? Just one dollar? That's like 0.87 euro. That's right. And actually, we found out that somebody's actually contributing a dollar and a half. Nice. I'm, we're not sure how they're doing that. Yeah, I need it. Well, thank you for the extra I, 50 cents. I want one $2.73 contributor. All right. Let's see if this Well, we need to figure I out. I challenge you. This is like this is like uh, how to irritate and lose our customers. Yeah. yeah. Um, next year, <laughs> next year is a cost of living increase. We should raise everybody up by like three cents. No, it's public radio. We're going to do right. this until we get matching two dollars seventy three cents. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So uh, just we go do to we pick, do thank you though. We honestly. do thank you very much, and and we have now over a hundred people, right? You know, I have no idea. I'm, we got a bunch of people. We, I'm focusing on the PGA nightmare that's yeah. coming you know, up. The other PGA. <laughs> but thank you very much for uh, keeping us on the air, and uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. In beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Have fun. Great car museum there, though. Absolutely. Yeah. They just got a satellite Hollywood casino. It's almost as depressing as the one in New York. Is it open yeah. yet? 
Do they open again? I don't know. Will it be open for the PGA? Tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this thing back on the rails. Willie, um, how about any uh, final comments or things that uh, we haven't brought up that you might want to share with our listeners? Uh, Lancaster County Restaurant Restaurant Week is coming up. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about that. We haven't food. talked about food. When is that? Do you have yeah. food? Oh, yeah, we do. Tell us about your food. Our food is amazing. Okay, thank okay. you for that. Yeah, that's good. Here <laughs> <laughs> <Scared> to elaborate. <laughs> Do you have good Viking foods or? Uh, uh, so we have at the meadery. <laughs> we have like leg. giant turkey legs. <laughs> Everybody says that deep fried yeah. raven. Yeah. They just dunk. <laughs> but historically, turkeys came from North America, not oh, from. Yeah. So, okay. So. Yeah. Sorry. So what kind of food have you got? Fake turkey. So um, at Artifice, we have an internationally influenced menu. So we have some French amazing fries. Food. Belgian, Belgian freedom. style Belgian freedom, freedom fries. <laughs> we serve a bulgogi, which is a Korean dish. We have a lot of oh, interesting yeah. Asian influences on some of our dishes. Uh, we do some Italian food as well. Uh, we do features weekly that change all the time. Uh, some German dishes. We always have something that we're doing with unique with pretzels. Uh, we have creme brulee. Every week that is different, that changes flavors. <laughs> Someone just moaned. Was that a sound Who effect? Was it that Josh, did you bring that sound effect in? I like. Well, first of all, you get to use a torch. Well, you get to play with a torch. Yeah. So that's why creme brulee. Torch fun. for your dessert. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. The awesome. Italian food is it Philly cheesesteak? No, but we do have Philly cheesesteak <laughs> egg rolls once in a while. Ooh, um, right. This week it's buffalo chicken egg rolls. Uh, yeah, so we, we just do a, a bunch of different. The, the burgers are amazing. Okay. At Artifice, I mean the burgers. Yeah, we're still at Ar- okay. We're okay. still at Artifice. At Medusel, we do pulled pork, which we smoke at Artifice. Um, and we have <laughs> not oh, that yeah. kind of smoking. The, not that kind of smoking. The best no? kind of smoking. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. And um, locally made pretzels and stuff like that. So that is awesome. Jokes aside, yeah. is there a like in Pennsylvania a Marijuana infused hemp or beer on the horizon? Not here locally. I know it's are any. It's I mean, hard to get past. Are they any good? The ones that exist, I don't. I doubt it. I've heard people say the the hemperer is pretty good, but um, I don't care for any of that. It just I'm not an IPA guy to begin with, and that's like IPA to the nth t- degree to me. So yeah, You're sorry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, interestingly, one of my favorite podcasts other than this one that I listen to is sponsored by a group called Cornbread Hemp. And so I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it's like cornbread that's infused with hemp or hemp that's infused with cornbread. But I don't know. Um, but I have had hemp tea that's oh, really good. Well, okay. if the guys from yeah. Cornbread Hemp would like to sponsor Masonic Light Podcast, yeah. if anybody would like to sponsor. So they're doing so well with 